Hello, my name is Jay. I'm one of the co-founders and the CEO at Imagine. I'm here with our community lead, Anna. Welcome to our podcast, Imagine This, the podcast for all things Gen Z. Want to know more about Gen Z? Then join us for our 20-minute monthly podcast where we'll discuss what matters to Gen Z, how they think, and the incredible impact they're having on society. In this, our fourth episode, we will talk with one of our Gen Z community members, Paul Musa, on his brutally honest views about every single social media platform launching a competitor to Clubhouse and the effect Apple and Google removing tracking from their adverts will have on the $400 billion digital ad industry. But before we dive into those two topics, Paul, I want to hear a little bit about yourself. So how old are you and where are you from? Thank you for inviting me on the on the podcast, Jay. Huge fan of your business and what you've been doing so far. Uh, yes, I'm Paul Musa. I'm 24 years of age. I'm from East London and I'm currently working as a training solicitor and I also host the What The Footy podcast, which is a football business podcast. Love that man. This is my friend Paul doing all doing all manner of things. Paul, um, how long have you been in our community now? Oh, I'd say probably a good good sort of year or so. I first sort of came across um, Jay on LinkedIn, just sort of few a few mutual connections, and then ever since then I just sort of looked into what you guys have done, and I think it's it's really unique because uh, even in what I do in, in the sort of sports field, just speaking with with brands and, and clubs and just seeing the future of how these sports and can really engage Gen Z and, and Gen Alpha is really important. So, man, kudos to you guys, man. Paul, thank you so much, man. I love that. I love that free plug. I didn't even ask him to say that, guys. I love that. I love that free plug. But thank you so much again for taking up the time. And I'm going to kick off with our first topic. So, Discord, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Spotify have all announced that they're launching Clubhouse-like services over the next six months. The social audio revolution is upon us. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this. Um, Anna, I'm actually going to come to you first. What do you think of almost every social media platform in the world launching a social audio experience? I think uh, that this natural big bank of audio apps, um, which is really interesting to watch. And I think it will be even more interesting to watch in a few years' time. I think it will leave, lead uh, us to the market being so populated that um, certain services will kind of will start dying out. And in, in my view, we might be leave with like one or two leaders. So I think this like process of this um, like explosion is inevitable, and it's interesting to see what will be on the other end. So I did a bit of just I was curious uh, what was there when Instagram started. Was the Insta- Instagram the only one? And I found articles from like 2010 that were uh, saying that peak please is like going to be this a big thing because it's so much more useful than Instagram and I, I have I actually have never heard about it because it didn't make it didn't make its way um into the 20s for sure so yeah it's interesting to to watch and I don't think um anyone can say what's going to be the outcome yeah it's such a good point and I love that I love that history is written by the victors you didn't even know this this platform existed because Instagram won so nobody cares who other the who the other platform was which is really really interesting Paul what about you do your do your thoughts on that differ 
I think it's quite an interesting one because having sort of been on Clubhouse, I think one thing they're kind of lucky with is having that sort of first mover advantage and they're backed as well by Andreessen Horowitz, which is one of the leading VC investors. These guys have been involved in in Twitter and Pinterest and in Instagram. So they, they have a good sort of back in there and people who kind of know this space really well. But I think the thing I really fear for Clubhouse is the other competitors that are coming into the market, these are people who have like serious access to creators. And I think what we're going to see in the coming years is a creator war. And you look at Spotify, for example, with a recent acquisition of Betty Labs, and they already have exclusive podcasting deals with the likes of Michelle Obama, Bruce Springsteen, Joe Rogan, let alone the musicians that are actually on their platform. So right from day one, when they when they look to really launch and, and kick off, they can really, really, really attract a, a huge audience because I think maybe one thing Clubhouse does have to its advantage is maybe sort of similar to TikTok where it's a platform whereby maybe new and up and coming and younger people who want to become quote-unquote influencers can really take advantage of this. But I think in terms of sort of the audience side of it because it's, it's sort of a, a two-sided thing whereby you want to draw a crowd to actually engage but also have creators on the platform I think the likes of Spotify can, can definitely win this race and and I think what's what's been quite fascinating even just being being on LinkedIn quite a lot is seeing a lot of people actually promoting going on Clubhouse and their Clubhouse events on LinkedIn and I think as a Clubhouse founder or as their VC investors I'd be really worried knowing that um, people and creators are actually promoting my platform on another platform that's going to go and create their own kind of platform. Um, because if you look at Facebook, for example, you look at Snapchat, when all these platforms started, it was all through sort of word of mouth. It was all kind of organic. And I think the big issue that Clubhouse faces is that LinkedIn coming to the market. Like, like I've been a big believer from day dot that just based on how people are promoting Clubhouse, that LinkedIn could really, really do well. You think of that professional network as a highly engaged platform that definitely has the, the, the power to really kick on, let alone the uh, the juggernauts of, of Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, it's such a good point. I love what you were saying there about competitors having access to, to having serious access to creators because that's the thing that you are, the creator economy is the future. Let's, let's be completely, let's be transparent about it. The creator economy is the future and all these platforms that are starting out are actually um, starting out on the social experience already have access to those creators. So sticking with you, Paul, I've got a follow-up question coming up for that. Um, who do you think will win in the long run? Do you see Clubhouse being able to compete or do you think they've just helped give the rise to this new social audio experience? Who do you think is going to win in the long run? I think I think it's really tough. I think um, I think just sort of in terms of it, I think um, I think it was quite interesting how Spotify acquired Betty Labs and didn't look at how can we just quickly acquire um, Clubhouse and kind of almost replicate what Facebook did in the early days when they bought Instagram. Uh, or, or, or when Google bought YouTube, for instance, quite early on. So I think I think everything is in the power of like a Spotify to really dominate and win the market. I think like like some of the points I mentioned there with that exclusive ability to have um, those sort of leading uh, creators there. But I think I can almost see Clubhouse going the way that Snap have gone in terms of 
like what's kind of effectively going on Facebook, LinkedIn, all these different platforms will create their own their own pro- products, which they effectively are doing. Clubhouse will still kind of tick along, but I think it'll be for a different different kind of audience. Like, so for example, myself on Clubhouse, I'm contributing to rooms and I'm listening to people like Gary V on there, people like Elon whenever he comes on, Jamie Carragher. So these are all people who could easily decide to go and put their content on um, LinkedIn, on Twitter spaces, on Spotify. And I'm just going to go where the creators that I like listening to go. And I think there's going to be a thing where that's just what's going to happen. Everyone's going to do it. And effectively, people are just going to go where they, where they want to go based on who they like to listen to. Yeah, such a good point. And what about you, Anna? What are your thoughts on it? Very interesting it was to, to listen to, to Paul and I would like to actually echo what um, what Paul has just said about uh, a different audiences and like the fragmentation of, of for all of these platforms that are going to appear. Um, so I would like to stay hopeful that uh, Clubhouse will be able to sustain this rivalry that's about to be unleashed upon them and maintain their their niche of um, young people, creators uh, who are doing something different, something that doesn't cannot be really fit in those brackets that are imposed to you by LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter's existing platforms. Um, so um, in my just my personal subjective opinion, I, I really want to stay hopeful for Clubhouse because it's new and it's fresh and it's different. And I feel like it's free of the noise and clutter of Twitter and Facebook. So I really hope that they will succeed in the long term. Yeah, I think it's such a good point that both of you made the idea that if they stick to their niche and almost do what Spotify have done with saying, okay, you know, we're going to pay Joe Rogan, we're going to pay Michelle Obama, we're going to pay um, Harry and Meghan to create content specifically for Spotify. If Clubhouse can do something like that, I feel like they could have some real strength in that being like, hey, you know, we have these specific creators that are doing weekly content on our platform or daily content on our platform, whatever it may be. So that's a really good point from both of you. But time is up on that topic. So we're going to move on to our next topic. So Apple and Google have decided to remove tracking of their users to their platform. So for Apple, that's ad tracking that they're removing. For Google, that's the third-party cookies that they're removing. This move could obviously cause huge disruption through the um, to the $400 billion digital ad industry. For me personally, I think this is a really, really important topic, especially for Gen Z, who can be quite a private generation. Um, Paul, what are your thoughts on tracking being removed by both Apple and Google and, and the effect it could have on the industry, and maybe some of the innovation that it will bring? Um, I think just sort of going into that, it's definitely something that's, that's become a big thing ever since Cambridge Analytica and when the GDPR came in in 2018. I think more and more people, especially that sort of Gen Z uh, sort of age bracket, want more sort of personalised um, experiences, want to understand how their data is being used and shared. And I think just sort of touching on what you mentioned towards the end there, I think we're going to see a lot more innovation. Like even the other day, I was listening to Mark Cuban speaking about what we're really seeing now in, in the space around to- tokenization and He's currently working on an application whereby they, they don't need to even sell advertising because they're effectively working on something whereby effectively they pay you to have a token. And through that token, you now have an agreement that you're going to buy, I don't know, this this type of brand of of, um, 
of soya milk, for example, and through that they can kind of see how you're purchasing things. And and I think that that really ties in with the whole idea of brand loyalty because I think in terms of advertising, people are habits of creature. And, and in terms of, I, I, don't, I don't really think people have ever, ever wanted to be sold to and we're kind of quite traditional in, in, in what we tend to picture. Someone like myself, um, I've been going to Subway all my life, never changed my order. Um, the type of trainers that I wear tend to be a certain brand. So I think what we're going to see is more things like what Mark mentioned. I think we're going to see m- more things around clever use of AI in terms of, 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 of sort of digital advertising. And, and one platform I'm really excited about is Pinterest because I think that kind of advertising is a really smart way of doing it, whereby people love going onto Pinterest. They love creating their own little pins and, and, and creating their dream home or, or, or whatever it is. And, and that ability to have almost indirect and subtle advertising where you can look at a room, for example, and click on different things and it leads you to Shopify and, and how it's integrated. And I can definitely see one of those, one of those big fang uh, operators coming in to definitely purchase Pinterest because of that unique style of, of digital advertising. Yeah, such a good point. And Anna, what, what about you? And then I'll jump in with my thoughts as well. I would love to pick up on uh, the point about AI that Paul has just mentioned, uh, because I also think it's actually really interesting uh, what's going to be um, what's going to be next. And uh, first, when I was uh, just uh, thought about the topic before doing a, a bit of research, I thought, yeah, like I'm definitely you know welcome this with open arms, and I do think that change is necessary because you know billions of data points of millions of people are being sold every second, and then you have ads pro- propelling to you from like every corner of the uh, of the web. Um, but as I was reading more about what this change actually means, uh, I found. Fu- uh, found out this um, new AI system that uh, AI system that Google will use and it has like a very um, 1984 name it's called federated learning of cohorts and it even sounds a bit like big brother and it's going to literally uh, group you into you know certain uh, segments of the web based on your interest uh, based on your behavior and um, there is there are even concerns that it might um, discriminate against certain groups um, for example there were instances already when pay- Facebook was charged w- with discrimination um, based on race uh, that happened due to AI algorithm and also uh, it also happened that uh, Facebook was advertising secretarial and teaching jobs more to women than men and like things like that so this unconscious bias that's in the algorithms is going to be an issue that will need to be addressed and that i assume is quite hard to do so that is one of the concerns that i kind of um noticed that i was doing research and also of course uh, as a marketer we kind of very aware of all the myriad of like companies, ad agencies, this kind of ad tech that exists in the space and that relies on cookies and relies on tracking. So here it's a bit hard to distinguish yourself as a user who, like me, is very against of tracking. I have it off on all my browsers and I do feel like it's very invasive and I really hate it. But on the other hand, you understand how many people are involved in the industry and from the point when the change after the change happens, they will lose their their jobs and like their 
niche while Google will become like this one Lord Almighty that will able to just control everything even more than it already does and this is this makes me wonder what if it's like it's a change but is it a better change or is it just like from one mode of being tracked to a different one yeah it's such a good point i think both of you made really interesting points there the idea that that google's now going to control everything it's it, is there ever is there ever going to be a time where brands can really access that access that data and access that insight and i think the the point you made paul about Pinterest is a really interesting one because nobody really shouts about Pinterest too much. But I also love the way they do adverts that you you could um, build your own dream home on there and then Pinterest will slightly advertise things to you to actually fit into the dream home that I want to build. So I don't, I'm not too fussed about that. And I think that's that's an interesting way to go. For me, when I'm looking at the removal of, of, of third-party cookies and, and, and all, all of that, the way I look at it is this, it's an opportunity for brands to actually engage with their community. And this is something we talk about all the time at Imagine. Whether a brands want to work with us to talk to Gen Z, I think now is a great time to engage with Gen Z yourselves and build your own Gen Z community and build your own millennial community and build your own boomer community and to engage with these people and have a have a full-on conversation with them about the things that they care about. So that instead of having to go through third parties to access this data, you can come direct. So yeah, I love um, all the insights that you guys were providing. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. And um, Paul, again, thank you for joining us. So yeah, thank you, Anna. Thank you, Paul, for taking the time out to chat. As promised, we stayed under 20 minutes because I'm a massive fan of staying under 20 minutes. Um, thank you for listening to our fourth episode of Imagine This. Our mission at Imagine is to help Gen Z to shape their future. And we know the best way for them to do that is with brands because brands shape countries and culture that politicians only wish they could. So we enable agencies and brands to crowdsource feedback, ideas or insights from our community of Gen Z consultants. So you can build with Gen Z in the room and not for them. If, please feel free to like or to subscribe and share our podcast. Um, we're thankful to have you here. Um, please let us know if you have any questions that you would love to ask to our Gen Z community like Paul. Thank you again for tuning in and we will speak to you soon.